you know, I'll talk to people that have $2 million in their 401k or their IRA. Heck of an accomplishment, but not that all that money is yours. They don't truly understand that they entered into an agreement with a silent partner known as the IRS. And every last dollar, 100% of that $2 million, every last dollar is taxable at ordinary income rates. This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement plans. Welcome to another edition of the Retire Happy Podcast with San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor, John Amarino, advisor at Securus Financial, serving you throughout the San Diego area with an office there on Trina Street, conveniently off Interstate 15 next to Scripps Ranch High School. Check us out online at gosecurus.com and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. John, great to be with you today. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. Getting uh, ready for uh, our annual family river trip out to Parker, Arizona, out by Lake Havasu. So that'll nice. happen in a couple of weeks. So we're only doing one podcast because won't be able to do the second podcast, be out of town. I think we did this last year. Didn't we have one, uh, one, one month where we just did the one show because we, we, we decided to let you out and get you an extra you know week's rest so you could go, right. on, go on the right. trip. Right, yes. <laughs> Very nice. What's going to be, uh, what's one of your favorite things of going out to the river? Yeah, I just kind of, I like just hanging out. It's, it, you know, this time of year, you might get it up to 100. It's usually in the 90s, but just being able to put the easy up and the beach chairs out on the river, uh, the riverfront, and hitting the boat, taking, you know, a couple laps around the river and the kids, you know, especially like Haley is now to the age where, you know, it's a, it's kind of still a, a new adventure and Jake's out on the tube. And uh, and it's a big family event, so it's it's cool just to hang out with family and get a, get a good four or five days out there and just relax, take the RV out there. So it's kind of the longest drive we make with the kids because Haley still has to be in a car seat for her safety, so she doesn't quite understand why you know big brother and mom are you know laying on the couch or or <laughs> at the table and she's strapped in the car seat so it's not fair it's not fair exactly a good moment to teach that life is not fair though right? that's right not sure if it'll be comprehended at her age but nonetheless it's a, right, it's, a, it's right. an opportunity and then oh, and then always having the fun conversations with my kid who you know he's either playing you know we have like a recliner so he's you know playing his playstation on the recliner on the on the big screen while we're driving and he's saying <laughs> dad are we there yet and i'm like i don't want to hear that I don't want to hear you complain about how long it's taken because it's about a five-hour drive. I said, when I was your age, you know, oh, I, yeah. I, I flip back. You know, oh, I do the yeah. old parental thing. When I was your age, I was in the back of a station wagon staring at other cars, you know, yep. playing slug bug. That was my entertainment. <laughs> You're in a recliner playing PlayStation. Yeah, you got it pretty easy, kid. Got it yeah. pretty easy. That's pretty funny yeah i remember my time of being in the back of a pickup truck not the bed of the pickup truck but the little skinny section behind the front seats Mm -hmm. and driving all the way from north carolina to maine multiple times a year to see family and the grandparents and uh 
when I got to be about 16 is when I was like, all right, mom and dad, this is getting pretty rough back here. <laughs> I, I literally can't sit straight up, so I'm forced to lay down, and laying down for 20 hours is uh, is pretty difficult to do and yeah. stay sane and comfortable. Um, so there'd be a few times where I'd just have to get out of the car just to just to yell and stretch. <laughs> right. So if I could be sitting back playing a, playing a PlayStation in a recliner, that'd be pretty sweet. So Right. Pretty funny. Kids these days, John. Kids these I days. Know. Well, we've got a great show on the way today. Enjoy your river trip as it comes up, John. But let's uh, take care of a little bit of business before you head off on the trip. A preview of what's to come. We're going to answer a good listener question on the program today. We actually have two in the bucket. So I'm going to flip a coin at some point in time during the show, John, and pick which one we're going to cover on today's show. It'll either be Jerry or Greg. We'll just have to see who the winner is to get their question answered on this week's episode. And then maybe we'll save the other question for the next show. Uh, We're also going to get to know John a little bit better by talking about uh, musicians, songs, artists that we would be surprised to learn that uh, John is a fan of. That should be fun. And we're going to play a little round of fact or fiction on today's show. All of that and more straight ahead. But first, we're going to find out if you are flirting with disaster. Areas in your financial life where you might be towing a dangerous line And here's the caveat, you may not even know it that it's happening. That's what we're going to focus on to begin the show today. So, John, I can think of a very easy one to begin with here, and it's having to do with out-of-date legal documents. So this is the area where, you know, maybe you haven't gotten legal documents all in place, or maybe you did it so long ago that they just sorely need to be updated Maybe you did it in another state. Uh, You need to update it for your current state of residence. Maybe you have a will, but you lack something else that you need, kind of like a durable power of attorney, perhaps. All these different documents are kind of floating out there in various people's financial lives. Too many people are walking around with no documents or these documents that are in desperate need of updating. We don't want this to be our listeners, John. Why is this such a dangerous moment for so many people? And also, why are people maybe not even aware that these things are happening sometimes? Yeah, you know, I think, well, I mean, I've talked with quite a few people who don't even have trusts or kind of just have the false sense of security that a will will suffice, which, you know, in California, if you get a will, it's not going to, and really, well, this is nationwide, uh, California is just where the attorney fees gouging, but, you know, when you have a will, you don't avoid probate. It's public record. It can take up to 18 months for the money to get to release to whoever, you know, you want it to. And, you know, if you have a $500,000 state, it's estimated that you're going to pay $20,000 in fees. So, you know, I tell people you can either pay an attorney maybe two, three, four, five thousand $5,000, whatever, how complex your trust is, and get a trust professionally drawn up and keep your affairs private and make, you know, your your beneficiaries can get that money within a couple months. Or you can, you know, have $25,000 of, it's still your money going to the attorneys. So that's one thing that kind of, you know, always kind of shocks me. But then a, a lot of people that get their trusts that come in, they've, you know, they've done their job, but they don't, that's it. It's like one and done. There's no other communication. Uh, very few people uh, that I've really seen over the years have gotten them updated and been very good, you know, or had good communication with their attorneys. And you know, people need to realize that life changes. 
you have tax law changes, you have estate planning changes. I mean, just in the last couple of years, we now had the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Now, whatever Biden's going to do to change the tax laws, you've had the SECURE Act, which really, you know, had a big change in trusts and in a lot of, you know, IRA planning and estate planning. And you also have Biden now talking about reducing the estate tax exemptions, you know, potentially down to, you know, three and a half million per person. So, uh, and getting rid of potential step up in cost basis. So you have a lot of, you know, estate planning changes that, you know, just within the last couple of years have, have changed. And then last but not least, you have family dynamics that change. So, your estate plan needs to address your most current situation and what you want. After all, right, Walter, do you want control or do you want the courts? And for all you California residents, even better, do you want the state of California to have control over what happens to your money? And one other thing is, you know, the in most cases... Most attorneys, when they're drafting up a trust, they are doing those powers of attorney. They're doing the medical directives. And, and folks, that's all very, very important to have on. You know, if something happens to you um, or, or God forbid, you know, you're the last, you know, you're, you're, your kids, you know, you're the, you're the re- surviving spouse or God forbid something happens to both of you and you know, you're going to leave the decision-making up to your kids. That's that's a, a real tough, almost, like, listen, harsh thing to do, right? Because you're going to have some kids that say, I want this treatment, I don't want this treatment. You're going to have that conflict. And a medical directive not only helps you communicate your wishes with your spouse and you guys can have that talk before it happens, but it also takes a lot of pressure off your kids. So definitely need to have up-to-date legal documents. And to answer your question, I know it was relatively rhetorical, but yes, I would like to have that control more than the government or the courts. Yes. Yeah, and you don't even live in California. (laughs) That's right, exactly. But I'll still take it. I'll still take the control every day of the week. All right, so uh, the the cousin to this problem, the out-of-date legal documents, is the incorrect beneficiary designations. Now, being out-of-date can be one of the problems here. But it also can just be totally eliminated. I mean, it can be easy to forget to update these things, you know, when you have changes happen into your life. And it also applies to so many different documents. It could be an IRA, life insurance, or some other account or policy that has a designated beneficiary as a part of it. Divorces, second marriages should both be triggers or reasons to spur you to change those designations. Or maybe it's the birth of a new child or a fractured relationship with an adult child that uh, makes you want to, uh, you know, maybe not have them as a beneficiary any longer. And the interesting thing here that we've talked about, maybe mentioned in the past, John, uh, there's precedence for beneficiary designations overriding a will. So this is why they're even more important to keep up to date and accurate. And I'm sure you've seen some horror stories or near horror stories and maybe got things corrected in time uh, kind of in this vicinity, right? Yeah, I've really harped on beneficiary documents pretty much since the inception of my firm. People need to understand that this is 
the most important document when it comes to estate planning. And, and you know, these these beneficiary documents they they pass outside of your trust. So, a beneficiary document, as, as you said, with the precedents, it overrides a trust. The Supreme Court has ruled on this, and there was there was a story about a four hundred one k where where the spouse died. And the husband, you know, they had the trust documents, but the designation, the beneficiary designation on our 401k form was never updated. And it was sister and mom because when she did that 401k form, she was like 22. So the 401k company paid out a seven-figure 401k to the sister. And, you know, that started a legal proceeding in which the court said, hey, listen, that's, you know, the beneficiary document is is what uh, supersedes the trust so you need to update this document it's very easy to do and guess what folks it doesn't cost you any money and i review beneficiary documents every year with my clients to make sure they still want the same beneficiaries i you know and you brought up some good points with the life events and all that that those are you know intra-year those are good things to to have, but you should always have a copy of your beneficiary documents, and you should always be reviewing them for for many of the same reasons, right? Especially because these, you know, there's some there's some risk when you list a person as a, a beneficiary of your IRA. You know that money goes to them, and they can do whatever you want. So you don't really have the control from a trust and you don't have the creditor protection. So, right, if little Johnny is, you know, kind of gone off the, you know, off the rails and and is, you know, become the black sheep or whatnot, and you have concerns of leaving him a million dollars, that's something that you need to, you know, consider. And, And of course, those little life changes, you know, can happen. And then the other big mistake I really do see people this is more prevalent in regards to the beneficiary documents is not having contingent beneficiaries. And in most cases, your spouse is your primary beneficiary. But what happens if you and your spouse were in a car accident and you both were killed and no benef- no contingent beneficiary was listed? Then you're going to have some issues. So it's not hard to do. Again, it's free. All you need to do is after you list your primary beneficiary, most likely being your spouse, fill in another extra couple boxes and make sure you have the contingent beneficiary. So typically, right, you're going to have your spouse as a primary, and then if you have four kids, it's going to be contingent beneficiaries. You know, the four kids will be the contingent beneficiaries based on the percentages of what you want them to have. So many different little uh, moving parts with the legal documents and the beneficiary designations. The most important thing, though, just get them right. You don't want to be one of those folks who's in that story of, oops, left everything to the wrong wife, <laughs> to the ex-wife versus the current wife um, yes. or, or with the children. Um, Got to make sure that those things are right. You talk about the simplest of mistakes having the biggest consequences. This is the perfect example of that. All right, we're talking about, uh, obviously, things where people are flirting with disaster with their financial plans, but sometimes they don't even know it. And I know you want to harp on this one as much as you can, John. The tax time bomb. If the overwhelming majority of your investments are in tax-deferred accounts, 
uh, meaning you haven't paid the taxes on those dollars yet, you could be building up a time bomb for yourself. If you're going to pay income taxes on every single penny in your retirement cash flow, you're just leaving yourself vulnerable, especially if we have tax increases in the future. I know this is one area that you're really passionate about bringing awareness to, John. Oh, absolutely, Walter. And it's really, it's probably the largest focus that I've had in my practice in the last five years is really becoming extremely knowledgeable um, with the taxation, especially for retirees. And, you know, a lot of people have pride in the amount of retirement savings they've accumulated. And they should, right? You win without, you sacrificed, you saved, you did what you were supposed to do. But they don't realize that that number is not only their life savings, but it's a tax liability. So, you know, I'll talk to people, they have $2 million in their 401k or their IRA, heck of an accomplishment, but not that all that money is yours. They don't truly understand that they entered into an agreement with a silent partner known as the IRS. And every last dollar, 100% of that $2 million, every last dollar is taxable at ordinary income rates. And, you know, people need to realize that in retirement, you have a more complex tax code that includes the marginal tax traps, the Social Security, the IRMA with Medicare, and required minimum distributions. So, you know, it's really important that you understand that while you've done your job, you still now, you now have a different job ahead of you in trying to reduce that tax liability. And really, even aside from the IRA tax time bomb, another big issue that I I see more often than not are individuals who have large brokerage accounts. And and these are your non-qualified. So so when I say non-qualified, that's your non-retirement money. And these are your individual joint or trust brokerage accounts. These are the accounts you pay taxes on every year, which brings me to the next point that this money needs to be allocated in the most tax advantageous vehicles possible. And by that, I mean mainly not mutual funds. Okay, we've discussed this before, but the vast majority of mutual funds are not tax friendly and they trigger what's called phantom capital gains which in a sense means that you're going to pay tax on investments that you did not take distributions on. And heck, even in some cases, you didn't take a distribution and you actually may have lost money in that mutual fund, but you may have had capital gains within that fund still. So not only did you not take money out, you actually lost money in that mutual fund and now you have a capital gains tax on top of it. So you need to make sure you take taxes into consideration when choosing investment allocation for these types of non-qualified brokerage accounts and maybe consider long-term stocks or exchange-traded funds as alternatives to mutual funds for these vehicles. They're, they're more tax efficient. And again, that all depends on your goals, your risk tolerance, and of course, your, your risk capacity. But you know that's an area, especially with a lot of people that are doing their own investments or quite frankly, I hate to say they're with a big brokerage firm and that firm doesn't, they're not focused on taxes. They don't want to talk about taxes. 
and they're triggering huge capital gains for their clients, which, you know, it's it, it's unnecessary. So, and at the end of the day, taxes are like inflation. It eats away at your purchasing power. So if you have proper tax management planning by managing the tax liability in your IRAs and consistently investing non-qualified money in proper tax-efficient vehicles, you can add up to 2% of, of, of return onto your overall portfolio. Imagine that, adding 2% to your overall what you keep of your portfolio without any market risk. That's that's a that's compounding that over 20, 30, 40 years. That's a lot of money. That's a, a, a significant amount of money. I mean, that is something that can, um, you know, cause you to have significant lifestyle changes in retirement, do things that you otherwise might not have been able to do. I mean, those dollars are uh, relate to real activities with real abilities and, um, you know, improvements to your life. So nothing to be ignored, certainly. Got to make sure that we're aware of that ticking tax time bomb and that we know how to defuse it or at least throw it off the moving train, however you want to handle the situation. But John can certainly help you evaluate those things. So if you haven't addressed a ticking tax time bomb that might be in your portfolio, maybe it's out-of-date legal documents, any of those kinds of things, if uh, this is striking a chord with you, get a review of your plan. You can do so by calling John at 858 935 6210, or go online to gosecurus.com, and we'll put the contact info in the show notes section of today's program. Another area where people might be flirting with disaster and not even know it, John, is when it comes to planning for long-term care expenses and the fact that often people have no plan for long-term care expenses. Yeah, and, you know, another, and I really, you know, this is, as a fiduciary, I, again, harp on this a lot with my clients. And I tell people this, you need a plan. Now, that plan doesn't have to be buying some type of long-term care insurance. Um, you know, there's there's always an, an alternate way to address the issue, but you just need to have a plan. And while you don't need long-term insurance all the time, right, especially traditional long-term care, right, yeah, that's certainly the most robust coverage, but it has its issues, right? A lot of people don't like it because if you don't use it, you lose it, right? And they paid all these premiums for all these years, and they are fortunate not enough not to have to use it. And then the other big bugaboo is the increasing premium costs. You just don't know, you know, they're getting a better hold on, on premium increases nowadays with the newer policies, but the older policies, man, one year you might have a 40% increase in your premiums. And that's really kind of given that traditional, you know, long-term care insurance a black eye and, and the premiums are expensive. So if that's your concern that you don't want the traditional long-term premium costs because of those reasons, you should look to potential alternatives like long-term care riders inside life insurance policies or asset-based long-term care, and you know they're they're more affordable. Uh, the premiums don't go up, and you know if you don't use it, then a benefit gets passed on to your beneficiaries. 
So I always tell my clients this, when considering long-term care insurance, the question is, what is the consequence of you or your spouse having a long-term care event? And if that event happens for one of you or both of you, how much will that cost you? And do you want an insurance company to provide coverage for all or a portion of that cost? Now, if you're uninsurable or you don't want any type of insurance coverage, like that's just not your thing. You're sick of paying homeowners insurance. You're sick of paying uh, auto insurance. You're not going to add any more insurance into your bills. That's fine. In that case, you need to establish an investment account that's strictly for long-term care uh, bills. And you also have to be willing to potentially look at alternatives such as a reverse mortgage. So, you know, you don't have to have insurance. That's fine. But you have to have a plan to address the consequences of an event that has a fairly probable chance of occurring. I think that's just one that is often overlooked by folks, and uh, unfortunately, so many of us are going to need some sort of long-term care, and we've just got to reconcile that and talk about it and make it part of the plan. Can't overlook it. All right, last but not least, John, those who are following the Classic 60 portfolio, first of all, explain what that is, and then why might they be flirting with disaster? Yeah, you know, I mean, for years, the, the 60-40 portfolio, so 60% of your portfolios in stocks, 40% in bonds, it's been the recommended model for retirees. But in the current investment environment, this can be a bit of a risky idea, especially, you know, uh, with today's, you know, market landscape. So I'm not a big guy. You know, we, we've talked about this. I, I just, you know... I don't like generalized rules. Yeah, it might be a starting guideline, but in the end, everybody's different. You know, stuff like the 4% rule or the 60-40 or the rule of 100, they're starting points. You should not say, listen, that's that's it for me. Um, You need to invest based on your goals, your values, your risk capacity, and risk tolerance. And and I, I mentioned risk capacity now twice. When I say risk capacity, that's how much risk you can actually take based on your portfolio amount. And then risk tolerance, well, that's quite simply how much you can stomach losing when March 2020 or 2008 rolls around again. And it will. It will. I mean, analysts, while no one knows what the markets are going to do, Back in 2019, Nobel Prize-winning analyst and economist Robert Schiller said, listen, don't expect robust growth in the next 10 years. Be happy with 5%. So in our office, that's why instead of going on blanket rules like the 60-40 portfolio, we like a more time-segmented portfolio designed based on your goals And we use your goals and your values and the time horizon to come up with a plan that's, you know, we're we're investing you shorter term money or income is going to be more conservative. Your growth money will be more aggressive. 
There'll be separate accounts for that, so it's easy to, you know, decipher between the two. And we aren't aiming for that advertisement-like big rates of return. We're not going to say, hey, you know, we average 8% uh, a year. What is, you know, what is your or what does the guy down the street do or your advisor do? That's, that's not what we're doing. We are doing a long-term investment plan that will help you achieve your goals, solve your concerns, and give you the confidence and the comfort about your financial and your retirement lifestyle. It's so important to make sure that you have good decision-making skills when it comes to your financial plan. And if you don't have the right amount of knowledge going into it, then again, feel free to tap into some help with John Amarino at Securus Financial. You can do so by calling 858-935-6210 or go online to gosecurus.com. Contact info to get in touch with John in the description of today's show. True or false, right or wrong, it's time for financial fact or fiction. All right, let's play a little game here, John, and uh, this is Financial Fact or Fiction, and we're going to make things easy, right? Like, uh, we don't want to go too in- into detail here. The idea is we're taking things back to the third grade when all we had to do was, uh, you know, answer true-false questions or fact or fiction to get our 100 on the quiz, right? I used to love those things. Right. I'm sure. 50-50 shot. Your son's probably going through that stage of answering those kinds of tests right now, right? Yeah. All right, so uh, these should be right up your alley then. Uh, We'll do a little rapid fire here, fact or fiction, see what we can learn in a couple of uh, moments here. Fact or fiction, your Social Security is taxable. Well, well, Walter, these aren't just like a fact or fiction. You're throwing me some curveballs here. Listen, because it can be fact or it can be fiction. Um, It starts out as tax-free, but... It becomes fact once you exceed the provisional income amounts, which most people do. So I guess if I have to give a, a more correct answer or a more, a more familiar answer would be uh, fact. Yes, fact. Oh, true, fact, yes. Let's, I think we can. There's the disclaimer for all of these, John, where we can find uh, an it depends kind of situation. But I was expecting like two plus two equals four, fact right, or fiction. Right, right, there you go, there you go. All right, um, let's try another one here, fact or fiction. Your taxes will be lower in retirement. I'm going to go with uh, none of the above. I, uh, <laughs> you don't like maybe? either one. I don't right. know. Yeah, I let's mean, call this the one... game fact or fiction or maybe. Yeah. So I can say for sure is fact or fiction. Uh, I I mean, you know, uh, both A and B, because it really does matter on the individual situation. However, I will say for that, for people who have a lot of their money in tax deferred accounts, you will most likely be paying more tax than you expected, especially when you take into account Social Security, Medicare, and RMDs. But, you know, that's for the vast majority of people. I mean, I've, I have had some clients that, you know, they were making a very, very good living in their working years, and they're not making, you know, that much money anymore in retirement. So, of course, their marginal, their marginal tax brackets are lower. But uh, the, you know, their, their tax efficiency, I would say, isn't as high as they believe it is in retirement. Okay. I'll, I'll allow the, the have answer there. That's okay. I have a feeling you'll have something similar for this next one. Fact or fiction, term life insurance is better than whole life insurance. Okay. So the last one was C, 
both. <laughs> I guess this will be C. Uh, neither. Neither. Uh, okay. Yeah. Or, or D. D. Neither. So we've got I mean, fact, fiction, uh, both, or neither. Yeah. Or yeah. John's answer A or John's answer B. So they're both life insurance, but in reality, they are two completely different financial vehicles. And again, this is, depends on the circumstances and your wealth. One thing I don't subscribe to is the blanket statement of buy term and invest the rest. So I would say term is more advantageous um, and it is great for tax-free large death benefit. So I have both. I don't have whole life insurance, but whole life insurance is a permanent insurance. I have both permanent and term. I mean, the reason I carry term is for pennies on the dollar, I can buy a huge life insurance policy to where if something happens to me, my wife and kids will have the life that I want for them. Um, and then permanent insurance, you know, it, it's more expensive, but it's permanent. It doesn't, you know, it's it's not for a 20 or 30 year period. Um, and permanent insurance, not only it provides a death benefit, but what a lot of people don't understand, it can provide some powerful, powerful tax-free living benefits and potential uh, long-term care or accelerated benefits in addition to the tax-free death benefits. So, yeah, I mean, that that one's a, a pretty hard fact or fiction straight-up answer because they, they both, it, it's it's not a real apples-to-apples apples comparison. Yeah, that one was really painting you in the corner. It was really quite an unfair question. I think that would be like uh, when the teacher asks a question and 95% of the class gets it wrong. They just consider it a bad question a lot of the time, and they don't count it. So we'll do that for this one. We won't count that one for the class. All right, last one. Fact or fiction? Medicare will cover most of your medical needs in retirement. Yeah, again, you know, uh, for my compliance department, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, Medicare will cover everything. It Listen, it can cover a lot of your day-to-day medical costs depending on what type Right, and when we're talking, we're just not talking your straight Medicare A and B. You know, you're going to have that more robust coverage when you add on whatever, whether it be an advantage or a supplemental coverage that you get, in addition to just the straight Medicare. However, right, kind of really analyzing this question, Medicare will cover most of your medical needs in retirement. This is like a securities exam question. This is like where they mess with you because medical needs can be long-term care. So you must not forget that long-term care is a medical need and Medicare does not cover long-term care costs. So, I mean, for those people, that's going to be fiction. Yeah, I think it's a good answer, John. Um, interesting to see. And I think that's part of the the cleverness maybe of these fact or fiction questions is you're able to say, hey, for most people, it might be this, but everybody's a little bit different, and uh, it's possible your situation might dictate differently. And that's always good to keep in mind with any absolutes in the financial world. So Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, what, what I like about that little game there, Walter, is the fact is I think people, and, and this has actually been, you know, some of the, through my designation, the courses I've taken, this has been proven that a, a lot of people, when they're entering into retirement, they have an overconfidence that things are the same as they were before they entered retirement. They just really don't understand 
that there is no such easy answer as a fact or fiction, right? Um, you know, they 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 read something in you know an article, and boom, that's that's it, fact. It, it's all you know the all these questions that I'm sure you'll be able to give to me in this new type of segment will all depend on an individual specific situation. That's a great point. Always good to keep that in mind. If you've got questions for John, call 858-935-6210 or online at gosecurus.com. I got a quote of the month for you here, John. This one comes to us from uh, Will Rogers. The only difference between death and taxes is that death doesn't get worse every time Congress meets. And he said that about 90 years ago, which is funny how this still rings true, isn't it? Taxes do seem like they're only going to continue to increase in the future. Be sure that your plan is prepared to withstand it, John. Uh, we were beating that drum a little bit earlier on the show about the ticking tax time bomb, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you actually pulled this quote up because I literally just got done doing some workshops this month. So cue the applause. We got to teach again after nice. a year. And this was one of the quotes that I used towards the end of the workshop. And, I mean, it's a great quote. Every time our, and you know I'm going to get on my soapbox here, every time our self-serving politicians get together and have an idea that serves everybody except for the American people, it costs the American taxpayer more and more money. So, uh, yeah, every time Congress does get together, taxes do get worse. And, you know, what's crazy is he said that 90 years ago, which makes me think he really had a time machine and he knew what we were going through today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he uh, uh, very wise 90 years ago to pick up on that. So I figured you'd like that quote. I'm glad we could bring that one to the forefront for you today. All right, it's time to get to know John a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. All right, John, what song or artist would people be most surprised to learn that you like? Yeah, so if you come to my office, you'll see some Sinatra stuff. Um, We've talked about how I'm a huge country. Country's, you know, definitely my my go-to music. But artists that you'd probably most likely uh, be surprised at would be Andrea Bocelli. I love his music, especially if I have a cigar and a bourbon and I'm relaxing in the backyard. Well, actually, that never happens. That scenario itself. I have kids. Um, so more what actually does happen is I got the bourbon I got the or a glass of wine. I'm in the kitchen. And when I'm when I start cooking elaborate meals in the kitchen, like Christmas Eve dinner or whatnot, something that's going to take me hours to do and, and a lot of time and effort, I will always have Andrea Bocelli playing and I'll even try to sing uh, to my kids' dismay. Oh, nice! I'm sure they love that. Uh, he's tough. He's tough to match. I mean, you know, one of the best <laughs> singers think? out there. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that guy's got an unbelievable voice. You're setting yourself up for success if you still let him override your voice a little bit. Um, if you try to outsing him, uh, you're you're in trouble. So that's good. Right. 
I like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that that's on your that, that that would be on your playlist, though. I mean, I think it's it's deeper than I would have given you credit for, John. You know, um, very, very much classier than I had you pegged for. Yeah, yeah. I can morph. <laughs> I can morph. I love it. Yeah, the go and go country most of the time, but every once in a while you slip into that uh, Bocelli mode, and you're in right. good shape. I love it. All right, there you have it. Getting to know John a little bit better on today's show. Now it's time to answer one of your questions. I have flipped the coin. Let's see who we got. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, and the coin tells us, since it landed on heads, that we're going to go with Jerry in Escondido, who has a really intriguing question for you, I think, here, John. Uh, Jerry says, I'm 65 and recently had a heart attack. I'm out of work for another week, but then should be back to a normal schedule. My wife seems concerned about my future health, but I still have no plans to retire anytime soon. Can you tell her that I'll be fine and it's normal for people to work past 65? (laughs) Do you want to jump in the middle of this, John? What do you think? Well, Jerry, I can't tell her that you'll be fine uh, because I don't know you. And while I did... While I have stayed in a Holiday Inn Express, I am not a doctor or your doctor. (laughs) So as far as working past 65, I tend to look at 65 to 67 as an average retirement age um, for a lot of people that I've talked to. Uh, But the question you really need to ask yourself is why are you going to continue to work? Is it because you absolutely love what you do or is it you know, over financial concerns. And I've often seen people go through major health events and their perspective or their spouse's perspective about what is important changes. And I'm no marriage counselor, but as a financial advisor to married couples, I'm often listening to each spouse's concerns similar to this and it's important that you take your wife's concerns very seriously. I'm sure the event was extremely traumatic for her. And, you know, maybe her feelings are that either work is putting your health at risk or she wants to spend as much time with the person she loves as she can. Because, hate to break this to you, Jerry, you're not getting any younger. And life is precious. And I'm assuming that had it not been for our medical advancements, that she may have been a widow. So, you know, I I think that unless it's definitely for the financial concern that you want her to be taken care of if you're not, uh, you know, no longer with her, um, that you need you need to have a real deep conversation, but you you definitely have to be cognizant of of what she went through. Um, because while you know you obviously suffered the physical you know setback, you know the spouse had to live through watching um, you know her her love go through this, and and that's a phys- or a mental toll on her. So you know, it's definitely a discussion that. I would have with her and and your advisor, you know, if you have one. 
I think it's just a great uh, a great question and something that hopefully will spark a good question between you and your wife, Jerry, and, and have that conversation and think long-term. Start talking about all these moving parts. And, yeah, if you haven't met with a financial advisor yet to really discuss some of these things, now's the time because you may unlock or uh, discover that you have way more financial strength than you think. That's often the case. Uh, but you definitely need to get a review of your plan and, and really, you know, turn over every stone. Make sure you get a comprehensive look at everything that's going on. If you want to talk with John Amarino about this, you can certainly do so. 858-935-6210. If you have any questions about something we've talked about on the show today or going on in your financial life, don't hesitate to reach out. You can even get a review with John and the team at Securus Financial, 858-935-6210 is the number to start the conversation, or go to gosecurus.com. John, really appreciate the help on today's episode. Really hope you enjoy your time out at the river, and uh, we'll talk to you again uh, in June with some new episodes. Absolutely. You uh, enjoy the rest of your May, Walter, and we will talk to you next month. Sounds good. That's John Amarino. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on the Retire Happy Podcast. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.